and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hey, everyone. And John. Hey, everybody. John, Ariel, where do diamonds come from? The mines. The De Beers Corporation. <laughs> from carbon dating. Well, puns aside, today we have a product that will help you realize that while money can't buy happiness, it sure can buy you some diamonds. Ethical diamonds-ish. But first, we've got an ad. I tried really hard to find a pun relating to ads and diamonds, but it was so hard. The life of a host, so much pressure. See you in a moment. Carrot wait. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you met at a networking event? HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help. Well, in the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Also, you can scale support and drive revenue and retention. Visit HubSpot.com slash service so you can do more with your customers today. Today in the tank, we have Doe Amore. And Doe Amore comes to us from founder Krish, who is asking for $600,000 for 6% in his business, which is a $10 million valuation. And Krish's business is Doe Amore, which is sustainable engagement rings created using recycled precious metals and ethically sourced stones, all wrapped up in a social mission, which I'm sure we'll get to. But let me just take you through this process real quick. So essentially what you do is you design your ring online and you hope to God, honestly, that you don't have a sizing issue. You check out, the rings are made custom, all stateside in America, but then when you get your ring, you actually get GPS coordinates to a water well that is built using some of the profit that came from your ring, and you essentially can check in on the community that you have just given access to fresh water. And what's really interesting also about this pitch is we see the founder actually get down on one knee and propose his proposal to the sharks, which was a really fun moment. But essentially, it is like a cause marketing where you buy a ring and at least $50 per ring is donated towards this clean water cause. So thinking about our pitch, thinking about our mission and our founder, what are our initial thoughts of Doe Amore? The story behind the product, which we'll get into, is just really great and phenomenal. I think the fact that they're providing a little bit more meaning behind a very hefty purchase that you don't get your return on investment on ever Mm -hmm. is always great to have from like a consumer perspective and feeling like you are contributing to the greater good. I think what the challenge here is, though, that Do Amore is kind of trying to figure out whether it's a challenger brand or a disruptor brand within this category, Mm. which is going to make it really challenging for him to scale and actually stand out when it comes to some of the really big names uh, in the jewelry business. Ariel, can you break down challenger brand versus disruptor brand? Yeah, what do you mean by that? So when you look at a specific category, there's a few brands that like come to mind. You think of your Coca-Colas, your Xeroxes of the world. Those are typically considered your category leaders. So if I say I want a Coke or I want a soda, you think Coca-Cola. I need to make a Xerox of something that's based off of the brand, right? Think about it like an ocean. You have your mainland, which is your big category leaders within the space. You have some peninsulas and some parts of the land where you have more of your challengers that are coming in within 
that metaphorical country that are trying to play within a space that's already been created. And then you have your disruptor brands, which is like a little island out in the ocean on its own. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And really, disruptor brands, the main differentiator between them and challengers are they're looking to re-event and kind of turn on its head really some of those preconceived notions or ideas that you already have about a category and get consumers to think about it differently. So you could say, Ariel, that a challenger brand would be focused on doing something better. Yes. And a disruptor brand would be focused on doing something different. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. To me, this is a challenger brand Hmm. because what he's saying is diamonds, but better. And it's an awesome challenger brand. I think, number one, he was on the money. He had an amazing story combined with amazing execution, combined with just an amazing business that's doing incredibly well. You know, I think it's really powerful when a business actually builds a social mission right into its charter. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that's really complicated for businesses is most businesses are incorporated in such a way that they have to maximize fiduciary outcomes, essentially. They have a fiduciary responsibility to people who invest in the company to maximize the profit of it. And it makes it really challenging for those companies to be able to go and execute on social causes that matter to the employees of the company because it comes at the cost of shareholder value. So what's cool about this approach, which is, I think, absolutely critical if you want a company that has a social mission associated with it, is it has to be built in from the start and it has to be part of the founding documents of the company that this money will be given away and yada, yada, yada. And so I think that he's done that right. And he chose a business that is super high margin so that he can afford to do it. You know, he hasn't chosen a business that's really low margin. So giving up 20% of his net profits is going to actually mean like he can't be competitive in the market. He still has plenty of margin to play with because the price of diamonds is largely fixed by a cartel and (laughs) it's never going down. So like there's just lots and lots of margin in the diamond business. So it's like pretty brilliant to choose a super high margin business, combine it with a social cause that's built into the company from the start. And it feels like he can both create an amazing product and do a ton of good in the world. And it feels really authentic, too. Yeah. I am curious, though. I don't know. There was something about this. Like, I wanted to love this brand. I wanted to love Mm. everything about this brand. But maybe it was because there's just too many jumps in thought. Because it's like, first, you have the branding that's Do Amore, which I get it. Like, engagement rings, love. Okay, fair enough. But then you add this like water element on top of trying to source ethically created diamonds. And I just thought that there were too many things that were all over the place. Mm. I didn't think that there was enough consistency in like any of the pieces of the brand that made that enough of a differentiator that I would invest in this company. Interesting. I disagree with you, Jory. I think this is a category that's been so oversaturated that it actually kind of benefits from having those looser, non-traditional kind of plays. I don't know. The thing that I hear you saying, Jory, that does resonate with me is this idea of the cause seems so separate from the product. Mm-hmm. You know, Bombas is buy socks, give socks, yeah. right? And that's a very common cause. Same with Tom's mm-hmm. cause marketing model where it's like, hey, we actually just give this product away. And this does feel very separate and different. And the thing is too, is I'm always, always, always going to be skeptical of a brand that boasts ethically sourced natural diamonds. Mm-hmm. If you're going to boast that you are using ethically sourced diamonds, you got to put the proof in the pudding, my friend. And when the sharks started to get into like, okay, actually, how are these ethically sourced diamonds? The 
founder, and I get it, maybe it's a timing thing, but he got really ambiguous about, oh no, we're just 100% certain. And okay, there are different ways that you can have an ethical mind. My uncle was a marble miner, so it could be like an environment thing, a labor thing, but that word associated with any kind of diamond mining just doesn't make sense to me. And then he just like really brushed over like, oh no, it's ethical, we promise. I mean, that's true, Jory. He's not a not-for-profit, but he has chartered a business that is explicitly going to make less profit in the name mm-hmm. of doing good in the world. And so a social mission. Mm-hmm. I don't see why his decision-making would be inconsistent on that, where he would say, hey, one out of every $5 I'm going to actually give to a cause that I care about, but then I'm going to like brush this whole like ethical mining thing under the rug. But I think overall, our sharks were really impressed with both the cause marketing and success that this business has had so far. As of this episode, the previous year, he had done $8 million. He was projected to do $11 million as of the episode airing, which was in 2022. And, you know, he's got 41% margins. So that was something that like all the sharks had sort of perked up to. We had two different sharks really kind of throw their ring in the game, for lack of a better word. And it was Kevin, which wasn't so surprising because we know that Kevin is part of the wedding industry. He is the wedding industry. He is the moment. He is Mr. Wedding for all he is Mr. (laughs) Wonderful. But We see the cause marketing really pay off in terms of looping in Daniel, who was our guest shark this episode, who offered $600,000 for 15% in the company. But where the founder and Daniel really kind of had a sticking point is the founder wanted to have 12%. So Daniel was like, we'll keep it at 15%, but I will donate 3% towards the cause that really matters to you. So that was enough to seal the deal. Mm -hmm. And Doe Amore got some dough in a different way. (laughs) Well, Ariel, if you are in the market for an engagement ring, do I have news for you? (laughs) So on the day it aired, there was so much traffic to the site that it actually crashed. However, the growth of the company has since doubled. Nice. And the company has actually expanded its offerings beyond engagement rings to include necklaces and earrings. Yeah. I also looked it up because I was just kind of curious because it's very much obviously still a company. Consumers are raving. So this has a 4.8 on Google reviews. Looking at the actual Quotes from previous customers, everyone is just ecstatic about the products that they're giving. So they are saving water and helping users enjoy their engagement ring one couple at a time. Mm -hmm. So Joe Amore, get some love. Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite.